Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Welcome to the next episode of the Carrots and Cake podcast. Today, I have a hot topic and a great guest who I'm excited to introduce you guys to. So I have Faraz Khan here, and he is the owner of a hair wellness business called Fully Vital. He is also the podcast host of a podcast called Anti-Aging Hacks. And we are going to talk about female hair loss, hormonal hair loss, and all of the things that go hand in hand with that because... A lot of you guys are entering this weird perimetopause phase of life, and a lot of you have let me know that hair loss is definitely a concern. So we're going to get right into it. So welcome. Um, Excited to have you here today and would love for you to introduce yourself to our audience. Totally. First of all, thank you, Tina, for having me on. I'm honored to be on your show. Uh, my story starts in college. I was a college athlete, played soccer. I thought I was, you know, really cool and confident back in those days. And I remember at the age of 21, I was washing my hair and I looked down at my hands at one point and my hands were full of my beautiful hair. And I'm, I was going, no, please stop. Uh, so my stress levels went from a three to an 11 in that one moment. I'll never forget that moment. And I started asking myself some really important and existential questions. <laughs> Where is this coming from? Am I going to lose my hair? Is it going to happen rapidly? Is it going to happen slowly? Uh, You know, am I going to have to shave it off? Like, how do I look with my hair shaved off? And so all of these questions and my confidence really took a turn, nosedived. And I started researching and finding different ways to kind of slow it down. So I used biotin for a while. I used holistic uh, oils that Ayurvedic practitioners created for me. And, uh, you know, I put onion juice, I put eggs, I put yogurt in my scalp. My grandmother told me that, you know, when you shave your hair, it comes back thicker and stronger. So I resorted to actually shaving my head every six to eight months because I was that desperate. And so this went on for many, many years. And at the age of 25, I went to a hair transplant doctor and I asked her, it was a she, she was an excellent doctor. I asked her, hey, I put me out of my misery. I'm tired. I'm losing my confidence. I don't want to go bald. And she said, you're not a candidate yet because you haven't lost a bunch of hair in one any one area. And so she said, but I've got this pharmaceutical that you can take. And it's got a little bit of you know side effects that you should know about. And, and I said, what are the side effects? And she told me that those are primarily sexual. And I said, hell no, I'm 25. I'm not going to do this at this age. I, I don't want your pharmaceutical. I'll, I'll wait to get a hair transplant. Then I go home. And then, of course, six days of finding a bunch of hair on my pillow and I am desperate at this point. I call her and say, okay, fine. I've I've researched online. I can get on the pharmaceutical. So I did that for 10 years. And then I got into anti-aging longevity. And also this whole time, my mother is complaining to me as well about hair thinning. And she says she's losing hair along her part. And I'm going, okay, maybe now that I have access to all of these experts, can we find any answers? Are there answers? Is the sufficient? Are the current products on the market sufficient? And so I traveled to hair loss conferences, went overseas, went to Thailand, um, interviewed a ton of hair transplant doctors, stem cell doctors, regenerative experts, PRP, you name it. I went into the offices where PRP was being done to kind of uh, see it from the back uh, inside the office, uh, inside the back view. And so after all of that, I came across this one realization that changed everything for me. 
in that uh, hair loss is complicated. There's many, many reasons for it. And there's more reasons for women's hair loss than for men's hair loss. For men, hair loss is pretty simple, but for women, it can get complicated. And so the best chance that people have is of regrowing their hair and stopping the hair loss is to use multiple products at the same time to stimulate hair follicles in different ways. And that seems to have the best synergistic effect to regrow thicker, fuller hair. And so once we learned that, we formulated uh, four products specifically that target hair wellness from the inside and the outside. So that that is how the company was formed about two and a half years ago. Awesome. I mean, this is super interesting and I'm glad that you have a solution um, for these ladies out there, but let's kind of start at the beginning with some of this as far as like, what, like, when should you be concerned? Like how much hair is too much hair? And that's like personally a question for me, um, but also a question that I saw, like a few women, you know, left comments through Instagram. You know, I asked for questions before you came on and it was a lot of those, like how much is too much? Is it okay if I'm losing hair in the shower? Um, but not other times, like when should you be concerned, I guess, about the hair loss? Totally. Great question. So Typically, the human head has about 100,000 to 150,000 hairs on it. So there's a lot of hair follicles in your scalp. Now, blondes seem to have more hair. They have about 150,000 hair follicles on the scalp. And brunettes have about 100 to 120,000. And redheads seem to have a little bit less, around 90,000. And so different people have different hair follicles or amount of hairs. But generally, all of those numbers are big or very big. You can have thick hair if you're a brunette, blonde, or redhead. So that's not a problem. And the question is, when is it a concern, right? So 100 to 150 hairs a day is totally normal. And you lose that in the shower when you're washing your hair or when you're brushing, you see it in the brush, or you sometimes see it on the, on the floor of the bathroom or all over your house. But you'll notice when you are sensing that there's more hair falling out, intuitively, everybody knows that there's more hair falling out than there has been in the, in the recent past. And certainly, if you're seeing a lot of hairs just in the shower, if you're seeing 50, 60 hairs in the shower alone, then that might be a sign that you're losing too much hair. What you can do is start to notice if you're part for women, this is the typical sign of hair thinning is if you part down the middle, because a lot of women part it down the middle, uh, if that starts to become wider, then you know that hair thinning is going on for sure. The other way is you can kind of gather all of your hairs uh, together. So in the shower, there's ways to kind of not let the hair like go down the drain, like you can block the drain to let the air to let the water fill up while you're washing your hair. And then at the end, just kind of gather all the hair and see roughly, you know, how big uh, those hairs are, uh, how big the bunch is. And so you can get an idea pretty much of how much hair you're losing. If you're losing hair and if you've lost a bunch of hair, then even normal amounts of hair are too much. 150 hairs is too much. But if you have great, gorgeous hair and it's not thinning and your part's not widening, then again, it's 100 to 150 is totally fine. Great. That was super helpful because I, I do think, like you were saying, like you kind of know when the hair loss picks up and you have yeah. like that moment of panic. So sometimes it is yeah. like, 
Are you concerned? Should you not be concerned? And then what do you think is the amount of time where you are seeing more shedding that you should be concerned? Because I feel like sometimes like our hair, maybe this is me just assuming, but you like, you go through cycles where you're like, you lose a bunch of hair, but then things kind of like even out and you're kind of back to normal. Like, is there like a period of time where you're like, this is too much and I really should do something? Totally. That's also a great question, Tina. One of the most common times that women and men lose hair, it's a seasonal uh, effect, which is just the transition from summer into fall into winter. So the next one to two, three months, uh, September, August, uh, September, October, November, are where about 15 to 20% of hair follicles undergo a change. So they'll go from the growth phase to the resting phase, and they'll come back up and start regrowing again. Uh, towards you know when the winter starts and so this is actually a time fall when you'll notice increased hair shedding but this is where you shouldn't worry too much because again most of these hairs will come back unless you have active hair loss going on so don't worry about it if it's just you know if you if you see more hairs in this time then just wait it out for three or four months and see if it's if it stops shedding the other interesting time at least for women is when they're going through hormonal changes with perimenopause and menopause or some of the big factors where you can see an increase in hair thinning and also after birth. Um, that seems to be quite a big period where women experience a lot of hair shed. Um, pregnancy kind of holds up a lot of your hair and a lot of women say, my hair is so gorgeous during pregnancy, but then right after or two months after birth, they lose a ton of that hair. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my questions for you for sure is that, you know, there's certain times where women are going to experience more hair loss. I mean, after you have a baby, for sure, everyone talks about that, how you feel yeah. like you're going bald and then the hair grows back, these little wispies in the front. It's it's real fun. But what are other times where you might see more hair loss, um, you know, in relation to the hormones, but other situations? Yeah. Um, one of the questions I did get was around like fasting, um, which I'm sure you'll you'll probably speak to. <laughs> yeah. Low calorie diets, things like that. Sorry, I just asked you like three questions at once. No, no, but no, totally. what, are, what are some of the reasons that women might see hair loss? Let's start there. Yeah. So <laughs> the number totally number one reason for women's hair thinning and also men's hair thinning has to do with hormonal changes. That is, it's called female pattern hair loss and male pattern hair loss in men, or androgenic alopecia or androgenetic alopecia. All of these mean the same thing, meaning the hormones are changing and that is causing hair thinning. And to dive into the details of these hormones, the way that it works is that after 35, women's hormones start to change, right? The the estrogen and the progesterone levels start to decline slowly and then more rapidly as women ap approach perimenopause and menopause. And what's happening is there's a relative imbalance with testosterone and during this time, and that testosterone converts to dihydrotestosterone or DHT which has been implicated in female pattern hair loss, but also in male pattern hair loss. So what the DHT is doing, hormone, it attaches to the hair follicles in your scalp and it starts to shrink them and starve them. So your hair is gonna get thinner and thinner and thinner and wispier and wispier. And for men, it just stops growing. For women, they don't lose all of their hair in a particular area. It's more diffuse, but it happens in a particular area of the scalp, so you can notice uh, that it's thinning. The other thing DHT or dihydrotestosterone does is it increases the time that your hair is in the resting phase, that it's not growing. And so it appears that you have lesser hair than you do because you have less scalp 
coverage. And so those those are the two things that DHT does. Uh, what we want to do is to make sure hair is in the growth phase for as long as possible. And women talk about not being able to grow longer hair, and we can touch on that later as well. But DHT is some of the reasons why the hair will, will get thinner and wispier and fall out. So that's the first reason. The other reason that I want to touch on with unexplained hair loss, especially uh, people experience this, is after a big kind of stressor. That could be a physical stressor like a surgery or a viral infection that's been going around the world, or it could be a mental stressor like a breakup, um, a divorce, or moving to a different city where you have a ton of stress at one time. And so that can cause your hair follicles to, a lot of them, to go from the growth phase into the resting phase and shedding phase. And, and you'll notice after about two to three months of that big stressor, you'll notice that you're losing tons and tons of hair. And so women complain that they have like so much hair coming out on their hands and they worry that they're going to have to shave it all off. And so this is another reason or another time that women can experience a lot of hair thinning. Um, usually it will come back, but if there's active hair thinning going on, then we want to be very careful to make sure all of these hair follicles come back at the same time. Yeah, thank you. That is super helpful as far as just identifying some reasons that you might be experiencing it. And so with, uh, well, there's a few, I have a lot of questions for you. Totally. So. And I've got Back more to reasons the- too, so we can get into it, all of this. <laughs> Back to the, the DHT pathway and um, the androgens and whatnot. So with that, I mean, this is a conversation, we run the Dutch test on our clients. So this uh-huh. is definitely a conversation we have with some of our clients. Are there things diet, lifestyle, supplement-wise that would prevent those androgens from going down that pathway and just preventing so much of that hair loss? Totally, totally, yeah. So uh, we know that stress, uh, high levels of cortisol, can increase androgen levels in women. So you want to be careful about not being too stressed. Stress also uh, reduces the hair cycle. So most of your hair are going to grow anywhere from two to seven years. And you want them in the growth phase, like we said, for as long as possible. But if you're stressed, either chronically stressed or very high stress for short periods of time, that can shorten the hair cycle, which means the hair is going to fall out even sooner. So that's one of the things that's important to know. But coming back to DHT is that there are natural ways that you can reduce the conversion from testosterone to DHT. There's also pharmaceuticals that are quite helpful in this instance. For example, I was on one of those. Uh, one is called finasteride um, or Propecia, also known as Propecia. And this is counter contraindicated in women that are in the reproductive age because this can cause deformities in babies or male fetuses, I should say. So women typically have to be careful with these because they're pretty strong hormones or drugs. And men take millions of men take them, but a lot of men as well prefer the natural approach, which is what we're all about. And so um, when it comes to you know natural supplements that can help reduce this, there's yeah multiple compounds or ingredients or superfoods that have shown to reduce reduce the conversion of testosterone to DHT. One of them that's very well studied is palmetto, which we've got in our supplement that again can reduce the conversion from testosterone to DHT and has been shown to regrow hair in people that were thinning. And so that's one. The other one that we use is pumpkin seed extract. That's also been shown to reduce the conversion. And then there's a nettle extract as well that uh, aids in that same conversion cycle. So we've got three of these that are working in concert to reduce the conversion, to reduce the hormonal impacts, hormonal impacts of DHT and to reduce the thinning. 
Yeah, thank you. And those are some of our favorite <laughs> okay. supplements to recommend too. We're fans of all those. So yeah. for a woman who might not have issues with testosterone and whatnot, maybe they're even dealing with like low testosterone. Um, and you briefly mentioned this too, about these hormonal shifts that women experience, you know, when they're 35 plus going into perimetopause and menopause. But is there anything that you can do hormonally um, as far as like these hormones just slowing down and transitioning that might help as far as like preventing that hair loss or just increasing the growth? Because this is super common, I feel like for women this age. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so the easiest or the easiest thing you can do, it's free. Uh, make sure you're getting great sleep, make sure you're balancing your stress levels. So you're not the cortisol cycle isn't off. There's not too much stress hormones in the body, because that can throw everything off in your body, right? So sleep, Eating right, I'm sure you talk to all your listeners about eating right and uh, living a healthy lifestyle. So that's number one, do that, keep your stress levels low. Number two, you can use natural supplements to help reduce the testosterone spikes or the DHT increases um, that can happen as your hormones shift. And then thirdly, some women, uh, especially as they're approaching or getting close to menopause, will also do hormonal treatments. So they'll do estrogen and or progesterone creams that can help counterbalance this, you know, imbalance with testosterone, and therefore give you a better chance of fighting off the excess DHT. Now, what's really interesting about DHT is that it's androgenic and androgenetic, meaning there's a genes involved that make your hair follicles more susceptible to even normal levels of DHT. And this is the biggest mystery. It's that it's not that if you do a test and you find, uh, you know, very high levels of DHT, that that's the giveaway. Even people's even in people with normal levels of DHT, there seems to be some kind of trigger that happens typically in midlife or beyond that starts the hair thinning process, even though your DHT levels are normal. And so that's where the genes might be involved more so. And so you've got to, again, depending on what's happening, you've got to balance that as well. Oh, that is interesting. I did not know that. And that that was actually another question on my list. So we'll go there next. Um, okay. But um, if, you know, there are some genetics in play, you know, you look at your parents and your grandparents and their hair loss patterns, and they're kind of reflected on your own hair loss patterns. Um, you know, what is there to do about the genetic hair loss? Is it kind of the same solutions or is there something different that you might do? Yeah, totally. So genetic and hormonal go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And so the genetic component of it means that your hair follicles are just more susceptible to normal levels of DHT that are just circulating all over your body, right? And the hormonal aspect is that, yes, we know DHT is the culprit, but there may be increased levels of DHT. So normal levels of DHT with faulty genes or hair loss genes or increased levels of G DHT with normal genes can both cause hair thinning. But luckily, what we know is that the hormonal aspect or the DHT is the cause of the problem. So if we can help reduce DHT naturally as much as possible, then that helps mitigate this problem and helps women fight hair thinning, but also grow it back to make it thicker and fuller. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. And then, so since we're on this topic a little bit here, yeah. as far as um, just, well, 
kind of shifting a little bit, but as far as like diet and hair loss, um, I know everyone always wants to know like what shoot, what food should I eat and whatnot. So I don't know if that's something you can touch on, but then also this idea of like low calorie diets and like all this intermittent fasting that I think a lot of women do. I do think sometimes when you are under fueling your body or just not seeking out, you know, nutrient dense foods, can translate into hair loss. So would you be able to yeah. talk about that a little bit? Cause I feel I'd like sometimes women have these goals of losing weight, but sometimes it's not done in the most healthful way. Totally love that question. That's a really good one. So again, with women, you've got a cycle every single day. You've got a cycle in the month. Hormones are changing um, differently from men. And so you've got to be careful with fasting, right? So um, the female body can fast effectively in certain periods of the cycle uh, and not so effectively in other periods. And if you tend, if you're one that's overdoing the fasting piece, then your body is going to go into starvation mode. And what it's going to do is going to start to pull all the resources that it needs for your vital organs to make sure that you stay alive because now it senses that we're in a famine mode there is a threat in in the environment and so i've got to do something and so this is the same thing that happens with extreme stress is your body senses that there is a big stress in the environment and it kind of pulls all of those resources vitamins minerals that are needed for hair growth because hair also requires a lot of energy so it pulls all of those into critical organs the brain you know heart kidneys lungs, liver, to make sure that you are actually surviving whatever is coming at you. And so especially for women, you want to be careful with fasting. I typically don't recommend uh, too much more than 12 hours a day of fasting. But of course, work with somebody that understands hormones and women's cycles much more effectively and uh, make sure that you're not overdoing fasting. That's for sure. When it comes to diets, there are certain diets that are more susceptible or can cause more hair thinning. A uh, vegan diet is one that comes to mind. A lot of women, at least on uh, both coasts, are starting to go vegan. And I had a friend of mine, Ashley, call me the other day, uh, months ago, and she said, hey, I've been losing a lot of hair. And after you know many questions, she said, oh, by the way, I went vegan four months ago. And I go, oh, okay, interesting. So when you do the vegan diet, you are at risk of being deficient in certain vitamins and minerals. Iron is one that's really important. Uh, B12 and folate. These are the three that are critically important for hair growth. Um, so if you are vegan, then that's fine. Just make sure you're supplementing or getting these in, in the foods, these three nutrients. Um, outside of veganism, there's also the big five, which include those three I talked about that you have to have. Otherwise, you're at risk for losing hair. So like I said, iron is very important. Zinc, B12, folate, and vitamin D3. All of these I recommend being in the middle of the range. It's very important to be in the middle of the range for all five of these to have optimal hair growth. And so that those are some of the nutrients and uh, things that you need for optimal hair growth. But you can get these through supplements. You can get these through natural diets, um, whichever way you want. But just make sure you are getting enough of these. The other thing is sometimes you could overdo some of these nutrients. For example, too much vitamin A, too much iron, too much selenium can cause hair thinning. So especially us, when we formulate, we want to make sure that we're not giving you too little or too much to keep you in the middle of the range to help support your own body's ability to grow hair without having too much or too little of any nutrient. Mm, thank you. That was super helpful as far as identifying um, the big five, as you say. So I love that. And so 
Another question related here. So, yeah. you know, we've talked about stress and diet and hormones. So there, if there's a woman who's losing her hair, is there a way to help her identify maybe what some of the causes might be? I know it's yeah. never one thing. It's probably like a few things contributing, but if there's a woman, she was like, well, it could be my hormones, could be stress, could be my diet. Um, are there any like symptoms or maybe even some testing that might help push her in the right direction? Totally. What a great question. I'll walk you through how I approach this, right? So we get calls from customers uh, quite often. And so we talk to them one-on-one and we help them in this regard. So the first thing I want to do, which is very easy to find out for anybody listening is how stressed are you, right? We're all kind of stressed, but if you say that your stress levels are normal, that's a very good sign for me. So we can go to the next part. But if you're under high stress, stress doesn't like cause you to lose your hair permanently, but it will shorten the hair cycle and make more hair shed and so we want to reduce the stress as much as possible naturally like you can do meditation you can you know practice mindfulness and walk walk outside um, in green areas tons of techniques that you can research on your own so getting those stress levels down is very important two is also a good indicator uh, of how old you are so your age is typically a giveaway over 35 years old again there's a little bit of hormonal shifting so that's always in play if you're over the age of 35 what's interesting is that one of my friends called me the other day and she said hey i don't know if i have hormonal hair thinning or not how do i find out and i said okay when you're shampooing your hair or washing your hair the next time take a bunch of your hairs you, you always see you know a bunch of your hairs in your hands take them and stick them on the tile and the around the bathroom in the bathroom and so once you stick them on the tile just notice them very carefully leave them there for a couple of days but notice them very carefully if you see thicker hair and thinner hair side by side um, or all if all your hair are not the same thickness then there's thin thinning going on and this is typically almost always hormonal or dht related so that's a, a good giveaway as well in addition you can look at are you vegan are you eating too much or too little of you know, the big five ingredients we talked about. And so that might be something you look at your diet and understand, okay, I need to eat some more of this and you can get all of that through natural foods as well. Um, the next thing I would look at is thyroid conditions. These seem to be increasing for women. And I'm sure you see this as well, Tina. Uh, what we recommend in terms of tests, there's only two tests that we recommend just to save people money, but also get the most bang for the buck is one of it is a thyroid panel with antibodies. So we want to see the entire picture of your thyroid antibodies because that will tell us if you have immune issues going on, if your own immune system is attacking your thyroid. So we want to make sure that that is not the case. And if we do find, if the result comes back positive, then we refer them out to a thyroid practitioner to make sure we help the thyroid come back and heal normally so it doesn't destroy the thyroid. So that's uh, that's the one test we get. The other test that's very important is um, iron iron deficiency. And so we get the full iron panel. Uh, for women that are, you know, still menstruating, they lose, you know, red blood cells every month. And so you can lose iron and be deficient in iron. And so you want to make sure you get enough of that either through supplementation and or eating red meat, which I guess vegans don't do, right? And so that those are the two tests that we do. And um, those are the big considerations. Now, we also look at, we also ask women about medication status because medications can cause hair thinning like anticonvulsants, oral retinoids, you know, proton pump inhibitors, like um, some of these uh, medications uh, for high blood pressure and more can cause hair thinning. So you want to be careful and eliminate or reduce the dosage 
of those medications as much as possible and live a healthy lifestyle, which I'm sure you talk to your listeners about as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I'm glad you identified um, the thyroid stuff just because so many of our clients come to us with low thyroid and a lot of times they have, you know, normal blood work, but when you do like a little bit more digging, like when you have the full panel and you get more of like a full picture, there is something going on as far as the Mm -hmm. thyroid goes and could 100% be contributing to the hair loss. And then, you know, as you said, with like the vegan diets and maybe even vegetarian diets, like, yeah, you're missing out on some like key nutrients. Um, we also see that a lot too. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of our ladies are dealing with fatigue and then also hair loss. And sometimes it is just nourishing the body the proper way. So I'm glad you talked about those um, specifics as far as just really like supporting your body as far as just nourishing it in the proper way. Because I do think a lot of women, you know, just in diet culture, just trying to lose weight, it is a lot of like under eating diet food and things that don't necessarily like nourish your body. So thank you for pointing those out. I think that'll be really helpful. And then um Related to the emotional aspect of hair loss, I'm not sure if you have any insights here, but, you know, for a woman who is really struggling with hair loss, you know, she's trying to figure out what to do. Is there any way that she could cope better with this or maybe just like the first steps as far as dealing with hair loss? Yeah, yeah, totally. Also a great question because a lot of women suffer in silence. A Mm -hmm. lot of men suffer in silence. When I was started when I started losing my hair early on my friends made fun of me you know by the end of my senior year one of my good friends called me baldy Mm -hmm. and I wasn't bald you know but it really hurts and uh, men are young men are pretty (laughs) harsh with each other but uh, mostly this is something that we suffer in silence with and my mother as well she was struggling with hair loss for so many so many years she's actually visiting me right now my parents are and so we use the microneedling device and she used the serum and she's taking the supplement. So I'm really happy that uh, she's following the protocol. Uh, but in terms of, you know, emotions and hair thinning, what happens is that you start noticing hair loss, you freak out, you start suffering, um, and it becomes a shame thing. And so you don't talk about it to anybody except maybe one or two people. And you see more of hair falling out because now you're stressed. So the stress levels go up more hair falls out, more hair falls out, stress levels goes even higher. So it's very, very important to break that cycle. How could you break that cycle? The number one thing is I want you to know that your body is magical and it knows how to heal. Sometimes it gets out of balance. And so we just want to bring it back into balance naturally. And all of this can go away. The other thing that's interesting is all of these stress-related hair loss or caused by stress, it's not permanent. That hair will grow back if you just stop the stress. So just know that the hair that you're losing due to stress alone will grow back. It's the hormonal hair loss that seems to be permanent. And so in terms of first steps, you you have to get your stress levels down as low as possible. So whatever that takes in terms of mindfulness practice and or sleeping really, really well and trying to find out ways to just relax and be in your body more so, uh, meditation, whatever that takes, That's very, very important. The other thing, step two of that would be maybe taking some natural supplements or adaptogens that help balance cortisol levels naturally in your body. Uh, uh, Ashwagandha is a really good one. We have that in our supplement, but you could also take L-theanine. You could take many more of these that help schizandra extract that can help balance some of the cortisol and bring it back to normal levels because um, there is light at the end of the tunnel, right? The, the, The hair loss due to stress will come back 
as as long as you get the hair uh, stressed back in order. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm glad you made that distinction between what is not permanent and what's permanent just for anybody dealing with this. It is kind of like a panic inducing moment. I mean, I've gone through periods of time, um, post-pregnancy. I have ulcerative colitis. So I've gone through periods where my body was very stressed and flaring out of control and seeing all that hair loss is very emotional for sure. Um, but this could be a nice transition to talk about, you know, all of the different products out there on the market. There's like serums and supplements and there's a million things out there, but are there any, you know, I, I would say, what are your thoughts on these like commercial hair products and their effectiveness as far as treating hair loss? Totally. Yeah. So let's start with the pharmaceuticals, if I may. Finasteride is the first pharmaceutical. It's been around for a long time. It was used primarily on men. Sometimes, rarely, but sometimes doctors may recommend it or prescribe it to women. But like I said, you have to be careful as a woman uh, because it's contraindicated for women of reproductive age because of the harm that it can cause a male fetus. Um, And so mainly men seem to take it and it seems to stop the progression of hair thinning, at least in men because it's it's only one reason for men. For women, there's usually multiple reasons together that's causing the hair thinning. And so it seems to stop the progression of hair loss. Finasteride will not grow back your hair. And so it'll just stop where it is, right? Uh, the next one is minoxidil or Rogaine. This has been around for a long time, uh, also FDA approved. And you can buy this over the counter at any department store or pharmacy. And this seems to work because it improves the blood flow and circulation to the scalp. But it the data is pretty mixed. Lots and lots of people use it. The data is pretty mixed um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, in that uh, minoxidil needs to or Rogaine needs to be converted to an active form to be able to be used by your scalp and your body. And a lot of people actually lack enough of the enzyme. It's called sulfotransferase enzyme that converts the Rogaine into the active form of minoxidil, which can be used by the body. So that's one reason. And the second one, it's just, it comes in this this solution, this liquid, which contains propylene glycol, which makes your hair sticky and icky. And so when you apply it, we all know women don't like to wash their hair very much, maybe a couple of times a week, maybe three times a week. And so you want to have good hair days. And minoxidil will completely screw up your good hair days and make it very sticky. So you have to wash it off and you have to wash your hair every single day. A lot of women that are losing hair, ironically, don't want to wash their hair every single day. They don't want to touch it because they might lose more. And so that is why minoxidil doesn't work as well as it could potentially for those two reasons. Uh, When it comes to natural solutions, what I have found, Tina, is that there are some that are better formulated than others, but it seems like everybody and their mother is now creating some kind of hair supplement or hair, skin, and nail supplement or a serum, and then they're creating collagen and like 50 other products. And that seems to be the norm, like we're creating everything for the body. And so if you are going to go with a product, make sure find a company that focuses only on hair loss, that, you know, um, you know who the founders are, you know what they stand for, you know what their story is, as opposed to a nameless, faceless company online where they're just pitching you products all day long. Um, and so coming back to the question again is which why don't some products work? So one, it's maybe not formulated the best, but also a lot of these products are maybe going after one or two pathways or one or two reasons for hair thinning. And like I said, for women, 
typically for women. Hair loss is multifactorial, meaning there's a lot of reasons for it, typically all coming together at the same time. And so the more ways you can address those, the more pathways you can use to go after this, and the more ways to stimulate the hair follicles internally, externally at the same time, seems to get much, much better results than just using a hair supplement or a vitamin or a serum and then, you know, not even using it every day and saying, well, didn't really work. Let me try something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is what I say to our, our clients all the time. It's never one thing. It's probably like a few things contributing. And this is a good segue for us to talk about your company, Fully Vital, and its approach to treatment. So do you want to share some details about what you guys have to offer? Totally. Thank you for that. There's so we offer four different products that stimulate hair follicles in four different ways. And so let me touch on that really br briefly. Uh, the first one is a hair supplement or hair vitamins. And these contain about 26 nutrients. It contains the big five. It contains a lot of things that help balance your stress levels from the inside out. It helps balance your hormones from the inside out. It provides antioxidants and anti-inflammatories. It helps boost circulation on the inside, and it gives your body a lot of vitamins and minerals that it needs for optimal hair growth. So we're targeting five or six pathways just within the supplement itself, which is why we, we're so proud of it. Um, the second one is the serum, the hair serum. So what we believe is, again, you want to do multiple things, right? So the supplement goes internally, balances the hormones and fixes or helps uh, fix some of the underlying causes for hair thinning. And then the serum comes on the top and you apply topically to your scalp every single evening. It also contains different plant actives to fight hair thinning by reducing the hormonal impacts of DHT. So it balances hormones. It has very strong antioxidants that help promote a healthier, younger scalp, um, and also anti-inflammatories as well, as well as circulation boosters. So all of that, uh, those same pathways are also present in the serum. Plus, the serum is completely lightweight and it dries off by the next morning. So you can apply it in the evening, go to sleep, wake up and style your hair normally so you don't have to wash anything off. It's not going to be sticky or ricky. The third product is a derma roller, which I'm sure a lot of women... Women seem to know about derma rollers much more than men. And so they might be using it on their face, but it really is really, really good for your scalp because it creates these tiny, tiny micro-injuries which help promote growth factors and bring in additional blood flow and circulation and create a, create a younger scalp that can regrow thicker and fuller hair. And then lastly, of course, is the wooden brush, the wood brush, the bamboo brush that we use. And the reason we want to use bamboo is we want to avoid plastics and chemicals that are found in a lot of hairbrushes. Um, but also, grandmother, if she told you, if your grandma told you to brush your hair 100 times every evening, she was right. We just take it a step further and say she meant to brush her scalp. 100 times every evening, right? So um, 100 to 200 times is what we recommend, vigorously brushing your scalp. And women that are losing their hair might say, you're crazy, I'm never going to touch my hair because it's falling out. Well, ironically, you know, the fear of not touching it, I had that fear for many years myself. It's uh, actually preventing blood flow and circulation. And you're sending epigenetic messages to your scalp to say, hey, love me, love on me, and bring the blood flow and circulation. So it actually helps grow thicker and fuller hair, and also clears out a lot of sebum and oils from your scalp. So it keeps your scalp healthy and fresh and um, breathing as well. So those are the four different ways that we go after hair thinning. If you're going to use our products, I really recommend using the three-month bundle. So we've bundled everything into one three-month bundle where you can just buy that one product and then use it for three months and just use all the products together 
the supplement, the serum, the roller, and the hairbrush. The three of them you use every single day, supplement every day, serum every day, the brush every day, the roller just a couple of times a week. So it's two to three minutes a day. It's super easy. And the, the best part is we give you a four-month money-back guarantee because hair growth takes a little bit of time. And so we're the only company we believe in the space that's giving you all the tools um, to help you regrow hair, but also providing you with enough time period for a guarantee to say, if for some reason, you don't see hair growth at the end of three months or even before four months, just call us, email us, and we'll refund your money. Oh, great. I love that you give that money back guarantee and also a time range as far as like expectations go with this, because it does take time. But I love that this is a system and more of like a holistic approach instead of those like one off things that we've you know mentioned throughout this podcast. But this sounds great. I will definitely leave a link. And I'm assuming this works for all hair types, correct? Yes, totally. Okay. Works. So okay. What we're doing is we're targeting the the scalp and the hair follicles, Tina. So it's more about creating a really good environment and giving the hair follicles what it needs on the inside to grow beautiful hair. And so the hair that comes out that you have is going to be the hair, whether it's kinky, coily, or straight, it'll work for all hair types. And also we have a discount code for your listeners if you're listening and you want to buy the product, use code TINA15 to get 15% off your order. Yep. I will include that in the show notes as well as the link. And so is fullyvital.com the place to find this system or do you guys sell it anywhere else? Yeah, totally. Just go to fullyvital.com and you can get it from there. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much. We'll wrap up here. Um, if there's anything else to add, please do. But will you let n- listeners know where they can find you, your podcast, all that good stuff? Totally. I just want to say this in parting that if you've been frustrated by hair loss for a long time, just know that there are solutions out there and maybe you haven't tried the right product. Um, and if you think that you know nothing's going to save your hair because many People have come to us saying that I'm considering shaving my head off because nothing's working. Just know that there are solutions out there. You may not have been using the right product or you've not been using multiple products to stimulate hair follicles. So there is hope. Please don't give up. Um, When it comes to finding me, uh, you can find me at Anti-Aging Hacks. That is my podcast. You can listen to Anti-Aging or Longevity podcast there. And also Fully Vital is where I spend a lot of time and energy into developing products for hair wellness. And we're launching some new products soon as well. So I'm very excited about that. Awesome. I will include all those details in our show notes so people can find you guys. They can get that discount. They can try out your products. But anyways, thank you so much for being here. Just really appreciate your insights. Thank you for having me, Tina. Really appreciate it. Thank you.